Welcome to this week's episode of The Seminar Room, where Justin and I share topics and advice on helping you become the engineer that you want to be. Sorry, I was just dealing with a haunted MacBook. Um, so I'm in the studio right now with Jesse Thorson um, because Justin didn't show up today. How dare he? I know. Well, I, I'm hoping that he'll be involved in this later. So um, don't be afraid if that's who you have chosen to as your favorite podcaster. Um, he'll be back. So Jesse, um, this was a good thing came through on the Interact with the podcast spreadsheet. Um, an anonymous student writes, um, well, first they shared an, um, an article with us that we'll actually go through and discuss, um, live. Ooh. I know. Um, but so the article is talking about, um, seven phrases that, uh, make you seem like a weak person. Basically I'll, I'll get the exact title in a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, so their, their comment after the, they share the article is basically, uh, They've learned over time that they need to make people feel comfortable with contradicting them and if they expect honest participation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They said they don't want to browbeat their team, but they need them to respect them at the same time. Um, So there's, they say they're certain that there are times when they should speak more directly, uh, but how do we take this article? So let's uh, go into the article. Yeah, it sounds like a really good read. All right, I'm just going to open it up. You're listening. We're doing this live. Live with Tony and Jesse. That's right. It's way cooler than the seminar room with, this might be the new podcast. We might just fire Justin. (laughs) We'll see. I got some job security then. (laughs) Yep. So it says, um, the article is titled, Seven Phrases That Scream Lack of Confidence and Make You Look Weak. And it says, uh, if you want to be a strong leader, avoid these weak phrases to boost your confidence and reputation. Uh, and it's by Marla Tabaka. So let's see. We're just, I'm not going to read everything. We're just going to go through the phrases. So. so the first phrase is, I hate to bother you, but. And I've got to agree with that. Uh, it just kind of seems like you are intruding on someone else when in actuality, if you're going up to a coworker and you're working on things that have to do with work, a better way to phrase it is to say, when you have a minute, I'd like to talk about X, Y, Z. Right. Do you have a second to talk about something? Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, it's keeping you in the driver's seat. I think is the big thing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you say "hate to bother you," you're already putting a negative connotation on it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sets up for a weak interaction. I feel like. So that's I don't know if she's ranked these, but this is that was the number one phrase to avoid. Mm-hmm. We'll just pretend that this is the that it goes in rank. Maybe or is that the worst one? I don't know. Who cares? Eh. Um, the next one is, I'm sorry. Well, I'm guilty of that, definitely. Uh, way too often it's easy to say, hey, sorry you had to wait for me or sorry. something like that. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. And so uh, I know in myself I've been called out for it by friends, and it's a lot better to say if someone has to find you a document instead of saying, sorry you had to find me that, say, Thank you for taking the time to get it. Just yeah. put a positive spin on things because you're not actually sorry. It's not a meaningful apology. There's nothing to be sorry about. Right. So. Yeah, you're taking responsibility for something that, and I learned this actually um, in dealing with auto parts. You know, I never apologize. If a part didn't show up, 
it did, it wasn't my fault. The part didn't show up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to apologize for it because, you know, I'm not going to take the responsibility of, you know, and I always would say, you know, the cl- customer would try to get you to say it will be here tomorrow. And I'd be like, it should be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Everything went through. It should be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if it didn't show up, I was, I, I tried to avoid that because then it just, you know, it puts you in this position like they're saying where, um, you know, it's okay to admit you're wrong, but don't apologize, you know, if, if apology is not met necessary. Exactly. All right, folks, we're back. Um, so we're going to do something a little different. We wanted to add a segment to kind of give you more opportunities to interact with us since we've been <laughs> kind of finished the last two episodes begging for you to <laughs> submit something. Just uh, talk to us. <laughs> it's lit- We're literally in the corner of a room <laughs> talking into microphones, staring at each other. So This is, is all we do. Right. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is... We're going to cover some ethical issues. And um, so what we'll do is this week, we're going to introduce um, an ethical issue. Um, we'll kind of discuss it a little bit. And then we'll encourage you to interact with the podcast. And we'll actually put that uh, little blurb on how to do that at the end of this one as well. So you remember in case you need some r- reminding. Um, so uh, and then next week, we'll maybe play some submissions if anyone leaves us vo- voicemail uh, or interacts with us we'll read some some of your thoughts and then we'll read the disc- the uh, um, answer the solution to the manual so um, what do we have this week Jesse so this week we're looking at this one I'll just read it off now it says Harry is an experienced geotechnical engineer who has many years experience as a PE designing geotechnical project projects and who is very familiar with the rules regarding the requirement for trench shoring and trench boxes to protect construction workers during excavations. During a vacation visit to a neighboring site, he observes a city sewer construction project with several workers in an unprotected deep trench, which, to Harry's experienced eye, is probably not safe without a trench box or shoring. Harry should... And then here's where you fill in what you think Harry should be doing in this situation. Should you read the answers? And oh, these sure. are the choices. Well, let's discuss it first, and then mm-hmm. we'll go through the 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 choices A through D that you have. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? I mean, sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? Oh wait, you're listening. Right. This is not even <laughs> the same day you're hearing this. Um. So yeah, I mean. Obviously, <laughs> Harry needs to say something to someone, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's vacationing, so there might be different regulations, but it's still worth, I think, as a professional engineer, you have a, an obligation to make sure people are safe. Mm-hmm. Well, even when you think about taking the order of the engineer when you graduate, it's all about how do you best serve people? Right. And your job revolves around their safety and doing what's best for communities. And so if you can see something that's obviously not okay, you're kind of expected to step up. Right. Does it say if he's in another country or if it's just somewhere else? It just says during a vacation visit to a neighboring site. Oh, well, so. okay. 
All right. Well, what are your thoughts? Not you, Jesse. Nah. The listeners. What are your thoughts, listeners? It's very weird being asked, what are my thoughts? And I'm the only person in the room. Right. Sitting right across from you. <laughs> it sure beats when I do this alone. And I'm just asking myself things. <laughs> Uh, So what are the choices? So the first answer is Harry should remember he is not licensed in that neighboring state and has no authority to interfere. Hmm. The second option is Harry should approach the contractor's construction foreman and insist that work be halted until the safety of the trench is investigated. The next option is Harry should advise all the workers in the trench that they are in danger and encourage them to go on strike for safer conditions. And then the last option is for Harry to contact the city engineer to report his concerns. Hmm. So, yeah, if you guys want to chime in, maybe leave some voicemails. Let us know what your thoughts are. Yep. And like I said, we'll uh, we'll play that little ad on how to do that. Thanks, Jesse. So the next is saying I'm worried. Yeah, I think. Worry shows like uncertainty. I think is the what the art, article's getting at here. I'm I'm trying to look at it a little bit, but give you my own thoughts on it. But yeah, uh, I think when you when you give up control, like when you don't feel like you don't have control, that's when you worry about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you give up that control, then you obviously don't seem very confident. So they even mentioned the article. A better way to phrase it instead of saying, you know. I'm worried that this thing won't be here tomorrow, stating it as I have some concern that this part won't be here on time or something like that. Just to show that you aren't necessarily emotional about it. You're just concerned about something for a project. Um, So the number four phrase is I'll do it. And we have a lot to discuss on this one Mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to be like, I'll pitch in on that and help help out jesse had some thoughts on this yeah i definitely think that when i've started jobs at new organizations i've always kind of liked to be the person that pitches in just so that i seem like a team player but then you do kind of run into the part where you're pitching in for everything maybe you can't do everything to the quality it needs to be done or you're doing so many things that don't actually relate to what you need to get done so your goals and they're kind of taking away from stuff you should be focusing on i just think you know there's definitely a a balance between being a team player and almost being distracted because you're trying to do everything for everyone right um it's interesting um doing the masters in engineering management right now a lot of the what we're focused on is leading and i'm actually taking the course engineering management right now and um, one of the one of the struggles that they say that engineers face when they get into a leadership position or a, uh, I guess in a management position because there is a difference between a leader and a manager and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so a manager has the the title and the authority given to them, whereas a leader kind of is the um, everyone looks to them. Yeah, so, as the example almost. So as an engineering as a manager as as an engineer, it's hard. Um, to give up control <laughs> and yeah. like delegate authority and when you are more knowledgeable than someone that you're actually handing a project off to it's hard mm-hmm. um, so one of the things they say actually and um, 
<laughs> there was a quote. I, I'm not going to try to find it in the book right now. Uh, but it was like, you can come in and ask me questions, but when you leave this office, you're going to leave with the problem in the same place it is on your back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of a weird way to phrase it, but uh, I get it because you do, if you want to be a leader, you also have to be able to delegate authority and, and give up control of certain things. Mm-hmm. So I think we can move on. <laughs> How can people interact with the podcast? And if they have any questions or topics that they want us to cover, how do we do that? So there's actually two ways that um, you can do this. So you can download the Anchor app uh, from the Google Play or App Store, uh, whatever device you tr- choose to use, or, or go to the webpage. Um, so actually on the on the podcast page, there's a button to leave a voice message. Um, and then the other um, way to interact with us is actually going into the seminar classroom and um, filling out um, a submission in the Google form. And that's actually how the question of the day for episode two uh, came to us. So again, so you can either leave us a voice message or fill out that Google form and we look forward to hearing you. Oh, most certainly. Um, so all right, we're back. It's a good lesson uh, to learn though. Really, right. it's, I think a lot of people struggle with this sort of thing starting as engineers. Right, I would put this, depending on their scale, I'd put this at either number one or number seven, depending if it's going, right. you know, I think that's the number one problem. And, and that's something that we see time and time again with young engineers coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why we did this project in physics one and I basically took control of the project because the rest of my team was incompetent and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, guess what? <laughs> You're not a leader. You're just doing all the work. You just took on everything instead right. of working it out with your team and actually you know ruin their experience possibly yeah possibly so the next thing on the list is saying i just so an example is uh, i just need a minute of your time i just thought saying it's just an idea but blah 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 yeah that little that little word just like actually has a lot of power it's just kind of a filler and just kind of make, and it just kind of makes it seem like a weaker statement instead of saying, I have an idea about this. Right. You can really double down and go, um, I, uh, I'm sorry, but I just, uh, I'll, uh, I'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and then number six, they say, uh, if it's okay, would you mind? Um, so asking someone permission is actually giving them Again, they're giving you're giving them the control. Um, I think, and and I have thoughts on both both sides of this coin. I think. What are your thoughts on that? I think starting off with saying, "If it's okay, would you mind?" is a weak way. Whereas, if I was coming up to you and I needed your help on something, a better way to go about it would be, "Hey, Tony, when you have a moment, can we talk about this?" Right. And and I I've done this. Uh, you know, I've been in position where you're kind of in in charge of people and I've always, you know, can you do this? You know, and it's almost like just saying, I'm not saying, can you do it? I'm saying you're going to do this, but I'm making it seem like you have a choice. Right. You know, so there's, there's kind of both, both sides of that. And I think it's, I almost think it's more of the, would you mind or having it, if it's mm-hmm. okay, 
you know, that's, I was just like, can you do this for me? I think the big thing with these is just coming across as confident. So saying, would you mind? And uh, if it's okay, you know, it just comes across as you aren't confident in what you're saying to these people. Right. And then, uh, well, Europe, number seven is yours. So the last is, I believe that, or I think that, or I feel that. And so it's just kind of interjecting almost your opinion and it kind of loses its uh conviction to it yep i see this a lot in uh cover letters (laughs) (laughs) i believe i'd be a good fit in this position Mm -hmm. i think that i'd be a good engineer well know it Mm -hmm. own it yeah i know that i personally have struggled with my uh cover letter i've i've really struggled with it before and I've had to change it around so that even in my first sentence, it's, I am interested in this position. I'm not going to sound uncertain about these things. And so yeah, just kind of taking out those almost feel words. Yeah. Take the, f- yeah. Take any, all, all the feeling except for the feeling of confidence. Yeah. Like I feel <laughs> confident and motivated to work. Right. But yeah. These are good. And, uh, I actually have some other, um, stuff to tie this in to being a good leader as a young engineer so um we'll do that when we come back unless you had some something else to add nope looking forward to hearing it i didn't mean to cut you off hey jesse yes hello guess guess what oh what we're back wow i know um so i've been name dropping my master's in engineering management degree oh my gosh so uh, getting back, I told you that I had a, a section of the textbook that kind of tied with that article we just read. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my, uh, it's Managing Engineering and Technology, 6th edition. Wow. Um, and the chapter three is Leading Technical People. Um, so these, you know, this has obviously been something that's been studied a lot. Um, so the these researchers, Peterson and Plowman, uh, created this list of, 18 attributes that were desirable to leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another uh, researcher named Harris um, took this list of 18 qualities uh, and then took it to um, engineers in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, he used a sample size of 176 engineers, which is a nice round number. I mean, <laughs> that's my go-to when I'm like, you know, I need to ask 176 people this. That's a few people. That's a lot of people. So, um, so let's see. In the first phase, 130 engineers divided into three different ranges of engineering experience were asked to rank those 18 characteristics. Um, and then, so the results, so they grouped them into three different groups. Uh, the first group being zero to five years of engineering experience. Um, the second group was six to 15 years of engineering experience. And the third group was greater than 15 years of experience. So obviously, um, you know, we can talk about a little bit the later ones, but I mean, we're really concerned with this zero to five year category. Right. um, Being entry level. So the highest rank qualities and attributes on on that list that those engineers ranked, um, the number one was ability to inspire. Number two was persuasiveness. Um, Number three was mental capacity. Number four was self-discipline. Number five was enthusiasm. 
Number six was tact. Number seven was stability. Number eight was integrity. And number nine was cooperativeness. So what are your thoughts on that list? I think I really like that they mentioned enthusiasm. That's a big thing when we're talking about uh, preparing for interviews and just going into your job every day. You want to prove that you're excited to be there, not just because it's a job, but it's a career that you chose to do. You're motivated to be there. So I really kind of personally feel like enthusiasm should almost be a mm, a bigger factor. So so interesting enough. So that was number five on the on the group from zero to five years. Mm-hmm. And it jumps to number one from six to 15. Oh, okay. So good call on that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but what I was, you know, the kind of the trend I was seeing um, if you think of mental capacity as your your technical background, mm-hmm. that's ranked number three, um, yeah. followed by the ability, you know, obviously number one is the ability to inspire and two is persuasiveness. I mean, you're here to prove yourself at, and from zero to five years, you're trying to prove yourself as being worthy. And I mean, they're saying your basically your technical ability is like number three on the list. Right. They want you to almost just lead their teams and convince people that, your ideas are right. Right. This week on another thrilling installment of As the World Continuously Improves. Richard, did you get that last problem on the FE rodeo last week? No, I have decided not to continue with this trivial activity. But Richard, why? Frankly, Tabitha, I just don't see how this is worth my time and effort. I have seen not one problem that I could solve. But Richard, that's the whole point. How will you become a successful engineer and design that state-of-the-art heart clinic to save your twin brother if you can't pass the FE exam? I never planned to take that cursed exam. Richard! This isn't about the exam. It's about becoming a well-rounded engineer. Don't Tabitha me. Engineers are expected to solve any problem. And besides, it's a class requirement. An ungraded requirement. It's an optional. It's ungraded. But doing the exercise can result in the failure of the course. Richard, think about your career. Think about your twin brother. Do you know what they call the engineer who doesn't solve problems? Unemployed! Tabitha, your words have convinced me more than any syllabus or podcast could. I'll complete the rodeos, but Tabitha... Yes, Richard? I'm not Richard. (gasps) Chad?
So those people, if obviously if you're using those seven phrases we talked about earlier, um, I don't think you're going to inspire anyone. Right? Do you? Uh, no, not by asking, hey, do you have a moment? Right. Or I'm sorry. I hate to bother you. Do you find me persuasive? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot think of inspiring TED Talks that start with, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to waste your time with this talk. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, you know, like I said, enthusiasm then jumps to number one for the engineers from six to 15 years. Well, and that kind of makes sense because once you've kind of been in a job for a while, it's easy to get in a slump, take it for right. granted, and then just kind of stop putting in that effort. And so if you can always give yourself those goals, give yourself reasons to be motivated and excited in the morning. It's going to reflect well on you. You're going to be more productive. And people notice stuff like that. They really do. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> funny enough, uh, enthusiasm drops to number eight no. when you go over 15 years of experience. <laughs> I guess at that point, maybe they earned it. I don't know. You're the old grizzled veteran. <laughs> like, I don't even like you. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my office. <laughs> um, but What's then, the you know, number one quality for after 15 years? Integrity. Okay. Which I really feel, I mean, it should be closer to the top in all three categories, but yeah, uh, it's number eight, going back to group one, and it is number five out of nine in the group two, which was six to 15 years. Mm -hmm. But it goes to number one. As you're, as you're moving from that... Um, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Kind of entry level positions yeah. almost. Like any, well, you're in the zero to five and then the six to 15, you're kind of in that emerging, you're an emerging leader, kind of like Irie and Bell, emerging mm. world leaders. <laughs> um, uh, you're, you're more of an informal leader. And mm -hmm. then as you get in that 15 years, that's probably when you become a formal leader. And then those are the qualities that are respected mm -hmm. when you're, I mean, if you don't, if your manager's not acting with integrity or your department manager, or your boss, you know, then obviously that's not something, they're not going to last very long. No, not at all. Okay. So that does make sense that it's kind of following what a person's natural career progression probably looks like. Yeah. So I, I just, I thought that was interesting and it kind of um, played well with that list. Yeah. I like when things play well together. Seems decent. Yeah. Hmm. Anything to add to that absolutely nothing tony <laughs> we're killing it today oh there's summit outside he's on lunch break what a great talk someday we'll tell you who summit is mm. but not today all right fine i know y'all have to leave Jeez, get out of here yeah go on now get all right, I guess I'm finishing this up by myself. We actually had a, a topic come in on the share story from work, and uh, I think it fits really well with this particular podcast episode. So um, an anonymous student shares, at my job, we're preparing for a repair day in my department where we shut down all of our machines and do maintenance work on them um, that can't be done while they're running. There's one procedure called an evaporator boil boil out that we will be performing and my boss is going to have me oversee that procedure. I'm really excited. I've been running through the procedure by myself every day to make sure I know what needs to be done. And I've recently started training in new employees on how to boil out on how a boil out procedure should be completed. Although I'm happy and excited that my boss is trusting me so much. I'm also worried that when the time comes, I will mess something up 
and I am trying to counter this feeling by over-preparing myself, and that's helping me control my emotions and gain more confidence in myself. Um, this is this is great. This is kind of like that imposter syndrome we've talked about. Um, you've done everything you can right now. You know the procedure front and back. Um, I guess this is just something that once you start, I, I went through the same thing when I started doing some project management and uh, when you're overseeing construction and such and you have the jitters the first day and then 10 minutes in the jitters are gone and you're just on autopilot and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, just, just have confidence in what you, what you know, what you've done and um, you know, you're prepared as best you can. The other thing you could do is talk to someone else who's maybe overseen something like this before. So you kind of know what to expect from the, if you have contractors on site working, what you should be looking for, um, things that they've seen go wrong. So you're kind of prepared. You can run through the scenario in your mind and you already kind of have one or two or maybe three solutions um, if that problem arises. So, you know, this is gonna happen. Just know that it's common. So uh, I'm sure you'll do great if they're letting you oversee this. Um, they obviously have confidence in you. So um, trust that they know what they're doing because they've been doing it longer than you. So if they're trusting you, they know you you can handle it. So, um, And with that, I think uh, we'll wrap it up for the week. So thanks again for listening. I think we, we covered some things that aren't necessarily, they don't come naturally for some people. Like sometimes you say these things or... Um, you think a certain way, but if you practice, you know, what we've talked about, um, they'll become habit and then you'll become, you know, true leaders. But I, I know all of you, I know we, we came from the same background, so I have the utmost confidence that you'll all be, um, great leaders in your organization. So have a good week. Thanks a lot. Pow, pow.